Broadsheet Radio. finale of shared history don't live life without it i won't except our listeners will have to for a few months because we're going on break sorry guys <laughs> uh you know what there's a whole lot of bonus content for you guys over on the patreon <laughs> so patreon.com slash radio there's a link in the doobly-doo what a great opportunity to plug the shit at the beginning of the podcast. There's like 10 little locals episodes. There's You've got Balto on there. Under the Kilt has a way too deep dive episode on a castle for Christmas, that Netflix uh, <laughs> with uh, Carrie Ewells and Brooke, Brooke Shields. Shields. Thank you. That sultry voice. Don't friends. introduce me yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Nobody else is here. Natalie, take a lozenge. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna, we're gonna introduce our, no, our do hot, hot guest. <laughs> don't delay the inevitable. No, no, I'm bringing you in. I'm bringing you in. You're in it. It's the finale. So of course we have a wonderful, there's not an H in wonderful, but a wonderful comedian on the mic with us. It is love of my life Aww. and co-host of two podcasts, Pop and Bottles, which Cass and I have both been on. And talk and shop with not, which neither Cass nor I have ever been on. Uh, it is improviser, comedian, human extraordinaire, mayor of Comedy Town, oh, Rob no. Grabowski. Hello, everybody. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Cass. <laughs> Natalie, I'm sorry. I don't want to make things awkward, but you and you botched his introduction. Oh. He's the love of my life. <gasps> Look, ladies, there's enough of me to go around. <laughs> Good thing there was a screen separating Natalie and I, because this would be a cat fight. Rare. No. But there isn't a screen separating me and Rob, who is recording from the Bloodsheet Studio, so I can just touch him with my hands. Meow. Listeners, we're bringing you a whole different kind of podcast today. I haven't recorded in the same room as a person in two years. <laughs> Here we are. I demanded it. <laughs> I'm so glad that there wasn't a giant variant spike right before this, because the last time I tried to have somebody in here, oh. we're like, and never mind. Please stay in your yeah, home. Yeah, I Leave. Uh, Rob Grabowski. Yes. Grabo. Yeah. Gravity Grabo. Yes. Um, do you like the history? Can I be honest? Yeah, I, I hope so. Please. I like some history. That seems like a con yeah. like a solid. So answer. I like history when it like focuses on like uh, entertainment or like stuff I'm interested in, like wars. I don't give a shit. Uh, like I was not good in history class back in the day. Like I was just like I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about any of this. War. What is it good for? Not entertaining Rob <laughs> Grabowski. <laughs> you heard it here first. Well, war is hell, and I believe it. It's hell to study, and I didn't want to. And that's most we we really have beaten this dead horse, but that's most that's most of American history. It feels like the way that we study in schools, like, eating dead horses. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. a lot of horses. What about? Were, are you into history? 
Now, no one has ever asked us. Oh, really? No, actually. <laughs> First like, time. <laughs> could take it or leave it. <laughs> now, what do you think of history? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I love history. <laughs> I had never heard of history, and Natalie told me to do this podcast. I've really had a lot of catching up to do. I have, my eyes have been opened. <laughs> oh. What about herstory? Do you know about herstory? <laughs> do we hate that word? I kind of do, but I still okay. use the hashtag. Can I tell? Can I tell a YouTube story? You sure can. <laughs> so I saw a YouTube forever ago, uh, maybe like four or five years ago. They're doing the uh, a tour where they're playing all of Joshua Tree, and then their big hits. It was a very cool tour. I saw it at uh, Soldier Field, but during the show, <laughs> Bono would occasionally just start talking about nonsense and then throw it to the edge and then the edge wouldn't reply so he'd be, <laughs> so be like you know we need and i don't do i'm not, I'm not doing an irish accent he's like you know what well, we need to focus on more of like what's happening in the world we need to be love and cherish it's less history and more her story isn't that right the edge okay here's the next song i swear i'm not I'm make, making it, a, I'm amping up a little bit, but he did it like four times, and I oh get my God. every fucking time. <laughs> Does Isn't he really right? call him the Edge? He calls him the Edge. The edge. <laughs> but I every like, time. What's great about that is that Bono didn't realize he was just doing a perfect bit. Yeah. No, I had he no had idea. No idea. Maybe he does. Well, I don't know. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, is this like a, an Abbott and Costello bit, or is he just? not getting it the only way i can figure it out is that if i have to, i have to go see you two again and see if it happens one <laughs> more time out. all right oh, us God. three will go Perfect. purely for research purely, purely. we won't enjoy it we for... could we could probably get a press pass oh, like oh, we don't yeah. we don't want to be here we're doing oh, no, no. yeah Whatever time. The, isn't that right the edge <laughs> that makes me laugh <laughs> Uh, so, so selectively enjoy history. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's fair. Not you, no. if you love all of history, you are, there's no time. All of history, no. You've not studied enough history. Yeah, there's too <laughs> yeah. Also, there's like, this is such a dumb statement. There's so much history. There are so, there are a lot of duds out there. There's so much. There's so much. There's so much. The batting average is, yeah. eh. But some history is, is boring. Like yeah. I said, there's some cool stuff, but some of it is boring as hell. Cass has done an amazing job. I feel like especially like these like last two seasons of occasionally choosing something as her topic that sounds like it's going to be so fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm riveted. Give me an example. A uh, very recent episode. She did like the history of sleep. And I was like, oh. Cass, that's not a thing. And she was like, hold my Bud Light. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Let me make you start thinking about how you want to change your sleep pattern. <laughs> how are we going to dismantle capitalism through sleep cycles? <laughs> I was I didn't even want to tell my story at the end of it. I was just like so into the sleep thing. To be fair, I think that happened after Maps too. Oh yeah, Maps. I think real good. Oh. <laughs> when we did that, I think. I think we turned it into a single episode or, or something, but, well. and can I tell you both of those, um, topics are ones where I'm going to be like, Natalie's going to have to cut me off. Cause it's going to be boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs>
No, sleep we thought was, you were like, I think this is going to be a pretty tight one. And then I was like, I guess I can tell my story as fast as humanly possible, which is weird because I'm usually the one who runs long. And peek behind the curtain, listeners. A lot of times when we record, it's in the mornings right before I go to work. Whoa. So Natalie literally just goes, mouths, you have to go. <laughs> as I'm rambling on on her topic. <laughs> It was I I no regrets. Sure. None. None regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> Have either of you done a sleep study where you like go to a lab and they hook you up on stuff? I've always wanted to do that. I have too. My dad did it, and uh, my roommate friend, maybe a friend of the show at some point, Brian Hulan, he's trying to figure out one right now because he's having issues sleeping. I'm like, oh. I think it'd be so weird. Well, the medievalists among us would tell him that a, that a monophasic sleep cycle is bullshit. Whoa. Yeah. So maybe he should. Rob, if you don't know what that means. I don't. Go listen to the fucking podcast. Whoa, okay. Hey. <laughs> Get out of here. I we'll listen to some. We'll take an hour oh, and a half break right now so that Rob can listen to just Sorry. I, Natalie, I'm not drinking a Bud Light right now. I'm drinking an IPA. Oh. oh. And do you know what that jump up is from a Bud Light to an IPA? It's huge. It's, it's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not drunk. <laughs> hey, what you drinking? What you drinking, girl? Um, Sierra Nevada. Oh. Ruthless Rye IPA. I don't know this one. I know Sierra Nevada. I think it's newer, and their torpedo IPA is good oh, as well. Okay, cool. Well, we're drinking old styles. <laughs> I have not. I've not gotten to see a gaggle of Chicago comedians in a long time. The first time I see two in a room, yeah. they had to drink old old style. It would have been what wrong is, not to. The, what is a group of uh, comedians called? We're not a murder. A herald team. <laughs> A herald of comedians. Herald of comedians. Herald of improvisers. Herald of comedians. A herald of improvisers walked into a bar. <laughs> Natalie Everyone told left. us recently that a group of millennials is called a debt of millennials. Oh, I like debt that. Debt of millennials. Debt. That feels like a joke, but that's real, right? No, it's a joke. It's oh. a, it's, a, it's from the Twitters. But I very. Is it weird that I thought like that would be real? It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But also millennials, there's it's like. The definition of millennial is so vague. Yeah. Technically, I'm a millennial, I think. Mm. I don't know. And I'm older also, than both of you. By like I feel like when people choose to shit on millennials, they're still, like, targeting 16-year-olds. Like, that in their mind, we're all still that age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll pick I'm a fight uh, with all of our parents right now Ugh. because the participation trophy thing, anytime it comes up, I always just want to scream... The children didn't ask for them. We did not purchase them. No. We did not get them engraved. No. We did not expect them. The generation that yells at us about participation trophies is the generation that, that invented and handed out the participation trophies. And do you know why? Because they couldn't handle disciplining their kids when we cried because we didn't get a trophy. Mm -hmm. And because their parents didn't tell them that they loved them enough. Yeah. <laughs> It's really fucked up. So instead of telling them they love us, they just gave us gold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A golden idol. Oh, so many golden idols. Mm, and money. I have uh, <laughs> I have two trophies from my youth in my home, my adult home. And they're both, like, theater-related. They're from, like, the, 
the drama club at my high school. But I realized the other day that neither of the two that are I have that are out and like on a shelf and just like in my office, neither of them have any say anything on them that would make sense to anyone who didn't attend the theater school. They're not like they're not like a like bit awards or whatever. Oh, they're not sure. They're, they're actual, they were, one of them was like a scholarship and the other one's another, I don't remember, but they both just have like people's names on them. They're so just, they're people, awards that are named after people. Do people think you just took someone else's award? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't occur to me until the other day that I was like, both of these are like legacy, like alumni award things. Grabo, don't you have a bunch of those? Mean nothing if you just look at them. Don't a bunch of people just go and see other people's comedy sports trophies? They're like, did everyone just steal Grabo's <laughs> trophies? Don't you have like two or three for the Howies? I have like four on a bookshelf. And aren't, I, aren't you not allowed to win best ref anymore? I can't. <laughs> if we ever have the Howies again. Uh, but I, I have four of those uh, very nice but fake awards on my bookshelf. And, you know, people have been coming over a little bit more just recording a bit. And someone always be like, what's the Jen Taylor Enforcer Award? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this reason. <laughs> oh, Jen Taylor. I love it. She's been dubbed my Chicago mom when I oh. talk about Chicago. Or I was like, Jen, she's like my Chicago mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, this isn't oh. about comedy sports. It's not about comedy sports. Not, it's not, not about, about us. No. It's not about comedy. It's about history, you guys. Let's get into it. Let's get real. Because this is some real shit we're about to talk about yeah. right now. This is some it's heavy, real ass shit. Yeah, bro. Some yeah. ass shit. Uh, <laughs> this is actually perfect. I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us and I'm gonna land this plane. We do I'm, it, Sully. I'm, I'm taking the plane off. <laughs> it's me, Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I guess I'm technically uh, taking the taking off the plane. Just get to what Whatever. you're going to say. <laughs> so in an ep in a recent episode, <laughs> Cass and I go on uh tangent <laughs> i'm sorry i think we need rob in the broadsheet studio at all times just like, natalie go he's not on the episode he's just like keeping natalie on track put me as one of the sound the sound thing well then we, we need somebody in des moines with you keeping you from dropping shit and smacking <laughs> your microphone <laughs> there is no one there's no one who can ever stop me from dropping or breaking something uh a couple episodes ago, I'm, I'm doing it. A couple Go. episodes ago, Cass and I went on a tangent. I know, completely unheard of, never happens, about amusement park rides. And then within a week, Rob messages us a list of potential topics for today's episode, for our finale, one of them being the history of amusement parks. And in that episode where we were talking about the one that you strap yourself to the wall and it spins real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were like, we should do a history of amusement parks sometime. So the fact, that's why, like, you sent me that list and I was like, I don't care. You don't get a choice anymore. I'm picking this. <laughs> I pitched a bunch of stuff and all of it was very uh, men-centric and I apologize about that. But that's what, in, that's what interests that's me. That's what history is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think amusement parks will be fun. Why not? So I'm going to start us out because apparently I always sit in the uh, opening ceremonies chair of oh, our finale. The, you're the captain of this plane. Apparently. And uh, I'm going to take off. A little, yeah. bit of, a little bit of origins. Dodge them geese and land this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
amusement parks, as we know them, modern amusement parks, evolved from three earlier traditions. Oh. One, uh, traveling or periodic fairs. Circuses. They're not circuses, Rob. <laughs> Uh, pleasure, pleasure gardens. This or, is all just orgies. an excuse for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just an excuse for me to get to say pleasure gardens. Pleasure gardens. Uh, and world's fairs. So, and with each evolution, it kind of, the parks like gained a little bit more permanence because traveling and peer, traveling fairs and periodic fairs obviously like are there and then they're gone. Yeah. Or they're there for like a finite amount of time and then they're gone. So those are the oldest influence. We go way back. We get in our we get in our little uh, history machine. We drive way back to the Middle Ages, England. Eleven thirty three was the earliest kind of known of these fairs. It was called the Bartholomew Fair Ooh. in jolly old London. It was one of London's preeminent summer charter fairs. It was originally a cloth fair, which I thought meant tents and shit. Yeah. Nope. It means it was like a craft fair or like a mercantile fair, but just cloth. Oh. Just a cloth fair. Uh, it was a trading event for, for cloth and other goods. But also... It, it was a flea market. For hey, cloth. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> Do you all go down to the cloth fair? We can trade what we have. Oh, I haven't used all my cloth from last year. We'll bring it with you. Oh, we can barter this cloth for some other cloth. Maybe they'll have a pleasure garden. <laughs> <laughs> we can drape ourselves in our cloth. <laughs> pleasure our garden. We can undrape each other. Mm. <laughs> uh... It was originally chartered for three days, but get this cloth so hot right now. <laughs> By the 17th century, this bad boy was two full weeks Damn. of all Ooh. you can shop cloth. Damn. Yeah. Uh, you know other stuff was going on in that cloth. Yeah. Well, so oh, it, yeah. it, drew, it drew all sorts of crowds from all sorts of classes of English society. And eventually... Oh, did it? All the classes of English society. Oh, boy. <laughs> Keep it in your pants because the Bartholomew Fair eventually rose to be the chief cloth fair in all of the kingdom. <laughs> the Man. number one cloth sale. Oh, baby. Ooh. The Lord Mayor of London, which is how you should up, you should update your title from <laughs> the mayor to well, Lord Mayor. Mayor was given up on me, so I have to wait for someone to start calling me Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor. We have now called you the Lord Mayor. <laughs> Natalie, you have to keep this going. The Lord the power mayor, is with you. The Lord Mayor of London would open the fair on St. Bartholomew's Eve by stopping at Newgate Prison to accept a cup of fortified white wine from the governor. Wait, what is St. Bartholomew's? Is that a thing? St. Bartholomew's is, I guess, a thing. Okay, do we know I don't, what it is? Nope, didn't I'm look gonna, it up. I'm going to quit Google. Okay. Just keep going. I'm we have the technology. Caesar crosses the Rubicon. Hannibal crosses the Alps. Napoleon crosses every European monarch. Interesting stories, but how many times have you heard them now? What about the story of Shah Zafar, the last Mughal emperor who at 82 years old prepared to saddle up his war elephant and charged headfirst into the British in a final gasp of resistance? I bet you haven't heard of Tupac Amaru II. No, not the rapper. He was named after this guy. He was a Peruvian baron born in the 1700s who traced his bloodline back to the very last Incan king 
and rallied his country under the banner of the Incans once more in a bloody revolution against the Spanish. Or what about Zumbi, the prince from West Africa who was sold into slavery in Brazil? After escaping into the Amazon jungle, he created a city for other runaway slaves. He caused so much chaos that the king of Portugal wrote personally to him, begging him to stop. In Anthology of Heroes, we follow the fascinating lives of 195 individuals, one for each country of the world, plus a few extras. In each episode, we delve into what made that person who they are and the impact they had on the identity of that country today. I can't offer you set-piece battles or modern politicians, but can serve you up renegade pirates, fanatical heretics, fearless native chiefs, and reindeer herders turned world conquerors. Chock full of doomed last stands, epic final speeches, and unbelievable victories from the jaws of defeat, strap in and listen up. I can find apparently there was a massacre on St. Bartholomew's Day at some point. That's the biggest thing that comes up. Well, hopefully not at the cloth fair. Maybe. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, a three thousand French. Oh man, three thousand French pro- uh, Protestants were killed in Paris on St. Bartholomew's Day. I have a feeling it's probably just the day that St. Ba- that Bartholomew was canonized. Sure. Let's go with that. That sounds right. Perfect. Right. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we solved it. We, we did solved it. it. <laughs> With critical thinking, (laughs) by 1641, this fair has achieved international importance. It has grown beyond being a cloth fair by this point. (laughs) It now includes sideshows, prize fighters, musicians, pleasure gardens, acrobats, puppets. No, pleasure gardens are another thing entirely. Okay, well, get to the yeah. uh, freak <laughs> and menagerie of wild animals. Ooh. And this kind of Wait, became... so a freak show is two different things? A freak show and a sideshow? Apparently. Damn. I don't know. I think a sideshow, I feel like it's... No, because they also listed acrobats. Is a sideshow like like a side stage? Like it's just, it's oh, not maybe. the main show? Yeah. Maybe. Because maybe. a freak show is like, check out this guy who mm-hmm. eats chickens. Heads. And I feel like sideshow is often <laughs> Look at this freak. colloquially used in the same yeah. connotation. Oh, maybe we should this, do the history of that. You got a lady with It's a not about that. No, it's, it's not, about, not about, about that. that. It's not about that. Uh, and then, you know. <laughs> I'll come in, back for it. In 1855, the city authorities suppressed the fair because they said that it encouraged debauchery and public disorder. Hell yeah. And the Newgate calendar, which is the nougat calendar the nougat calendar. <laughs> uh mm. named for nougat prison oh uh okay so there's a prison and then there was a nougat calendar <laughs> and it was originally just like a bulletin of basically public executions but oh. then that, the title of that uh, publication got like appropriated by a lot of other publications and then it, would, it was kind of like a leaflet about other shit and oh. um it had this is all because i want to read this quote from the nougat calendar <laughs> announcing the fair as a school of vice which has initially has initiated more youth into the habits of villainy than newgate itself <laughs> oh damn all because of a bunch of cloth yeah. no because and I'll can we start the started. nougat calendar where each week it says today you should have a milky way because it has nougat in <laughs> can we get real and take a moment to shout out to our younger listeners that that might not know what nougat is no cloth is a gateway material oh. 
And I just want everyone to know that I know we're joking and I know we're having fun, but really, really think about the cloth that you are yeah. encountering in your day to day. In high school, I uh, we went cloth right to denim, and it was just a uh, downhill from there. Mm, chafes. Yeah. Chafes. I, I, went, <laughs> I was into the hard stuff, so I went leather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I was gonna say spandex and leather. <laughs> Leather? Mm. <laughs> Technically, the softer of the cloths. Sure. <laughs> uh, side complaint: the fact that we've called, we've started calling pleather vegan leather to make it sound fancier. When whenever something's like it's vegan leather, most of the time I'm like it's just plastic. Yeah. They're both bad for the environment. Yeah. yeah, vegans are bad for the environment. We all agree with that. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Natalie said it. Hashtag no vegans. <laughs> Rob, you may single-handedly bring down shared history. <laughs> Why he's here. I'm here to bring. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then in this 1860s to the 1870s, you know, we're industrially revolving. So we bring in a whole wave of, of innovative new mechanical rides, including the steam-powered carousel, which was, I think, invented by Thomas Bradshaw. But Frederick Savage is often uh, given credit for it because he's the one who made the horsies go up and down. Oh, You guys, I totally forgot we were talking about amusement park. <laughs> I got so onto the cloth and the pleasure gardens. Oh my God. <laughs> this is why I drink Bud Light, Natalie. <laughs> you hit that cloth too hard tonight. <laughs> but so this is the birth of the modern fun fair ride, but also a great segue for a little tiny mini break to ask you about your discovery because I just covered dudes getting credit for other dude shit. Whoa. <laughs> this is usually how we introduce that segment. Hell so yeah. We backpedaling here. Hell yeah, dude. So uh, let's take a little break before we hit the pleasure gardens. Ooh, <laughs> gotta know about these. And uh, tell us about your discovery, and then we can all discover the pleasure gardens. <laughs> Rob, you are delaying our gratification. I'm sorry, I'll be quick. Then. Uh, <laughs> We're on the edge like right I now. I normally am at the pleasure garden. I'm in and out, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, but I cuddle. I guess my discovery this week, I'll say there's there's two. So I, uh, it's not it's new to me. The TV show Southside. It's on HBO Max. It's really, really it was on Comedy Central. It's filmed here in the Southside of Chicago. Features a bunch of Chicago folks. It is. Oh, so funny and oh, so delightful. It's about two dudes who work at like a, a rent-a-center type place. And mm -hmm. most of them are like their little like uh, uh, trips of having to like repossess things. But it's, oh, it's, it's really, really funny. And then uh, I finished the Mel Brooks autobiography. And I don't really recommend that. It's a good read. It's fun. I like, I, I like, I like these discoveries. Yeah. They're quick. They're to the point. Yeah. And they recommend reading. Yeah. Which God knows I don't have anything to read ever no stay away from the cloth go to the paper y'all mm -hmm. stay away from the cloth i will not get off this cloth thing i'm pick sorry up, i'm just letting you know now and the cloth pick up a nice book pick up some of your gal pals and go yeah. hit the pleasure garden oh my gosh the pleasure garden so the pleasure gardens are like the world's oldest amusement parks uh or sorry there's the amusement park that is called the old, world's oldest amusement park is a great example of a pleasure garden. It's called Bakken. It's the hill It uh, is what that means. It's in Denmark. It's just north of Copenhagen. Uh, it opened in 1583. And this is how it was discovered. In 1583, Kirsten Peel 
discovers a natural spring in the area. It's in this like large forest park north of Copenhagen. And, you know, because water fucking sucks at this point, yeah, bro. 1583, <laughs> yeah. many believe that this natural spring had like curative properties, but really it was just that everything else they were drinking had like piss and shit in it. Was so, this like, was it a bathhouse? No, it was just a natural spring. But they be, did they like build a bathhouse on it? I, maybe, oh. I don't think, I don't think so. I think they just oh. built a lot of shit around it. Keep the, going then. The spring drew all these <laughs> large crowds anyway, and the large crowds drew like entertainers and hawkers and thus this simple forest park became a pleasure garden (laughs) and this bad boy is still open today it is now a thriving modern amusement park with all the rides and amenities you'd expect and pleasure gardens in general just refer to a public park or garden that is open for recreation and entertainment. They differ from your average park by having venues for entertainment. So concert halls, bandstands, zoos, amusement rides. Ergo, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Ostensibly. Pleasure garden? Pleasure garden. Mm -hmm. Historically, a pleasure garden meant a private flower garden or like woods or parks with uh, that were planted for enjoyment, so sure. ornamental plants. For the ladies to walk around with the parasols and mm-hmm. the catering faint if need be. And maybe drop a little handkerchief and yeah. have it picked up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Abignail, I need to go faint. Let me grab my parasol and head to the pleasure garden. Oh, yes, of course. And is I your <laughs> sister, Clarice? <laughs> Would you ladies like to take a turn about the garden? Of oh, I couldn't possibly. We oh. can whisper dirty things to each other from behind Ooh. our Ooh. fence. Oh, yes. Could you make my corset tighter? One time, <laughs> I get to breathe. One time in at theater camp, I. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't start a sentence like that ever. One That's time, just the most ridiculous thing. One time at theater camp, I took a workshop that was basically just supposed to be about like period-specific physicality, but it just turned into like how to flirt like you're in a Jane Austen movie and how to carry your snuff box. And it was mostly taking turns about the room and and surreptitiously slipping each other notes and <laughs> and doing some like fan flirting. Yeah. This was four years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Can I say that every like super posh, like Victoria, if you're in an improv scene and you're set in that time, it just turns into like really modest inappropriateness. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, I'm flattering my Ooh, fan. Love it. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a reason Sorry. that Mr. Darcy didn't join Caroline Bingley and 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 who's and this? Miss Bennett and their turn about the room. Is this who, is this Successions? What is this? <laughs> Close. Okay. Uh, Darcy was in Succession. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. But it's not about them. It's not oh, about okay. Them. It's about pleasure gardens. Right, 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 right. Uh, another early pleasure garden was the Vauxhall Gardens in London. Uh, by the 18th century, there was a fee of one shilling for oh. its attractions. Oh Lovers my. would stroll the paths. Hashtag Bridgerton. Uh, <laughs> there were hot air balloon ascents. There were fireworks. There were concerts. There was like a sculpture garden. There was even a miniature diorama of a village mill and a resident hermit who told <laughs> fortunes. <laughs> Ooh, guys, we could get a job here because by 1820, the it became less of an elite pleasure garden and more mainstream so the entertainments became more mainstream oh. as well 
and therefore even included a troop of actors that would stage large-scale large reenactments of the Battle of Waterloo oh. or of Roman chariot races. Oh, so, that's fun. You know, Rob's not into war history, but if it's it's a gig, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, he gig. will. A gig's he, a gig. He will take a role <laughs> in Pleasure gig's Garden Co. I'll play. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure garden co careful yeah. we all have new improv team name pay shit but you get off yeah. <laughs> and if at worst case scenario there's a old hermit who will tell, yeah, yeah. tell you fortune. he'll tell you how you're gonna do <laughs> he'll look you right in the eye <laughs> Uh, and then in the third installment of like the previous origins of a modern um, um, amusement parks are world fairs which conveniently we discussed the main one the uh, that that sparked a lot of shit the 1893 chicago world's fair at great length in our season three finale with jim vizella but guess what i get to talk about it again oh. very briefly the first world's fair was in 1851 with the crystal palace in london and this one was like pretty chill pretty low-key yeah. <laughs> pretty mediocre compared to chicago's oh, um Come at me, bro. But it was just more, <laughs> we're celebrating the industrial achievement of the nations of the world. It's designed to be entertaining while educational, but it wasn't until the World's Columbian Exposition in 1893, right here in Chicago, that shit just went bonkers. Like America really went hard in the paint. They yeah, saw they all of the opportunity to capitalize on this and to show off all of the things. And there was a dedicated section of the, of the fair for just sheer amusement and yeah. not just like that's where the ferris wheel was invented mm -hmm. i read the book <laughs> i'm familiar with the murders the book being the devil in the white city <laughs> no how to make a ferris wheel <laughs> in five easy steps for dummies how to a lose friends alienate people and create a massive ferris wheel <laughs> favorite book but it, yeah it was uh because it was an enclosed site and, and it was about engineering like the fucking ferris wheel was insane yeah it's huge and but also it was just like come look at this fun shit we built yeah and stroll our pleasure gardens it had mass appeal it was designed to like bedazzle visitors bedazzle. there were there were rides and it was the it was the first world's fair with an area for amusements that was strictly separated from the exhibition sites oh and the exhibition halls and it had this dedicated area of um, of uh, concessions and amusements that was called the Midway Plaisance, which is where the term Midway comes from. And if you actually know vernacular about amusement parks, the Midway is the standard term for the like main stretch of a park where like the location of all the games and concessions and rides and dime stores in the old yeah. Eden days and at carnivals and circuses and amusement parks, that's called the midway. That main drag runs down the middle of the, you know, of the way. And that all comes from the midway plaisance, the, midway the plaisance. Chicago World, World's Fair. That's cool. Damn. Yeah. So that's most. There's also trolley parks, which I feel like are oh, only worth oh, mentioning. Oh, I'll get to okay, it. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> shut you. Shut up. Oh, I'll get to okay. it. Okay, <laughs> um, but. That's those are those are our pleasure gardens, pleasure cloth in Chicago. You so it's it. like a weird Sex of the City yeah. <laughs> cloth in Chicago. 
Cass, we have to take an ad break. Fair enough. But we're a history podcast, so we have to infuse this interlude with some tasty, tasty facts. Okay. Oh, tasty facts. Like brewing beer using hops became a standard practice as a result of early drug laws in Bohemia. Ah, yes. The Reinheitsgebot Law of 1560. I remember it well. Now that hops are no longer a legally required ingredient in beer, welcome to the future, our friends at Herbiary have taken it upon themselves to release your taste buds from the cages of convention. They've experimented with over 200 different herbs and botanicals, building on the rich tradition and fermented folklore of hop-free brewing. Learn more about their delicious section of brews and where to find them at herbiary.com. And just like that, no one liked my reboot. <laughs> Hot take. I have a question if we're going in between bits. Go. What's your favorite amusement park? God. Cast the same question to you. I don't feel like I have sampled a large enough selection. Ooh. I, That's a dumb answer. I, I will agree, yeah. Rob. Just say <laughs> Thank I've you. been to Six Flags Great America the most, so Six Flags Great America. That's fine. Of the ones you've been to, which do you yeah. like? It's not, I you're like, not naming Cedar, the best. I like Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids? Cedar Point? Nope, Cedar Point. It's America's I was like, that's, that's wrong. It's America's no, we're not going to judge your answer. We're judging your answer. of going to Cedar Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> the only ride I need. Cass, how about you? Um, my mom was a huge Disney fan, and so we went to Disneyland a lot as kids. And we went to Disney World a few times. But Disneyland is where it's at. Disney World, the actual Magic Kingdom, yeah, not great. Everyone's like, oh, Disney World's so much better. I was like, no, you're thinking Universal, Epcot, all of that. Yeah. The actual Disneyland in California. But are you, Magic. Thinking, are you thinking of Disneyland or are you thinking of California Adventure? I'm thinking of Disneyland. Okay. Yeah, suck on. I I want to go on Peter Pan's flight. I want to go on the Matterhorn. I want to do. I want to go through. Okay. Okay. Frontierland. But, but, Disney World has Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. No, it's gone. <gasps> what? I'm pretty my sure. First <laughs> I think it's gone. Yeah. Because I also I think it's like some like a uh, Marvel bullshit thing now. Hmm. And I also enjoyed uh, Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster. It was my first roller coaster. Oh. And now it's dead. At Cedar Point, America's Rock and Roller Coaster. <laughs> I think I like I I like Cedar Point because I like that they I they have the droppy thing, but it also shoots you up. The demon drop. Oh no, the Tower of Power. Yeah. Like Look, I'm going to talk about Cedar Point. We're talking about music parks. <laughs> I weirdly don't count Disneyland and Disney World because I think that they're. They're they're so much their own thing. Yeah, but they're like they're amusement parks though. I count them. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right. Well, take us, take us, take us to our next chapter. Look at my notes. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. The golden age <laughs> of the Mediterranean. Of the Mediterranean of amusement parks begins in what is called the Gilded Age. Uh, so this is like late nineteenth century, like eighteen seventy to like I think almost like the late nineteen twenties, right up to the Depression. Have either of you guys watched The Gilded Age? No. It's I a new show and the internet to. keeps telling me to watch it. Really? Wait, that's supposed to be the American spinoff of Downton pretty much, right? Uh, kind of, Julian yeah, yeah. Fellows with yeah. Audrey McDonald and Christine Baranski. Yes. Yeah. I've like, I mean, right there you should be sold. I know. Yeah. I don't really I don't have any interest. I didn't watch Downtown Abbey either and I don't think I watched The Gilded Age. Right. I'm good. Well, you can tell us about The Gilded Age. Okay. 
<laughs> Americans were working less. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Doesn't sound like us. And they had more disposable income. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine this time? Uh, because of this, these, as I wrote in my notes, these idiots wanted an escape. And so they had. They needed a, to escape from their life of not that much work. Nothing. <laughs> Money to burn, baby. So they had more amusement parks. And hang on. They, uh, by the early 1900s, there were hundreds of amusement parks operating in the U.S. and Canada. A lot of these parks were just outside major cities. And part of the fun was taking a trolley to the park. It was known as trolley parks. So it's when you go out, because there's two. There's trolley parks, which feature a bunch of the bigger rides. But then there's also urban parks, which don't really exist anymore. I guess the closest nowadays would be like Coney Island, because you could take the train and all that stuff well, to Well, so Whoa. Coney Island, though, was originally a trolley park. Sure. Because you had to, you could only get there by a trolley. Trolley. No, well, yeah, but well, even before trolleys, you could only get there by a uh, horsey. Horse and buggy? A horse-drawn streetcar. Sure, sure. Uh, and so it started as a trolley park yeah. because... Uh, Wait, so a trolley park just means you have to get there by trolley? Yeah, but also it had... The trolley park had bigger rides. Yeah. For, like, okay. the giant because swings. Because they were specifically outside of the city. Yeah. They because were that... located at the edge of a yeah. trolley line, like the last uh, yeah. line. Because it just you could fit more things like big sli like a big slide, um, a carousel. And uh, Cause that was, I, 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 that term came up a lot, but it was not uh, within my um, portion of the research and huh. keeping in true touch with Americans and, and our work ethic. If it's not my job, I'm not going to do it. Oh, of course. So That's all right. We got just, you. Yeah, we got I didn't look up what trolley parks. That's a <laughs> well, big thing. Yeah. Fun <laughs> parks. A lot of them were actually started by streetcar companies. Because they were they were at the last end of the streetcar, and so it was to encourage people to ride the streetcar even on the weekends. Yeah. Oh. So they could get that weekend dolly dolly bills. But a major Ooh. the major rides were giant dolly dolly bills. carousels and shoot the shoots, aka log rides. Mm. So there were some of the big one of the bigger ones. Actually, the first one was here in Rock Island, Illinois. Yeah, uh -huh. I, thought, I thought it was a different one. No, no, no. <laughs> that moved to uh, the, one of the urban parks in Chicago, July, like the same year, July 4th weekend. But those, for the people who don't know, the Shoot the Shoots, aka log rides, are kind of like Splash Mountain or Jurassic Park ride at uh, Universal, where you sit like four across and there's a bunch of people, and everyone, everyone's going to get wet. Well, because trolley parks were wet. A lot of trolley parks, because a lot of streetcar lines ended near a body of water yeah. like they were especially the reason coney island was so huge is because people were going to the beach there anyway and it was hard for them to get there so they had to take these horse-drawn streetcars to get there but then once they had trains like yeah. the proper trains in new york to take them there that's when coney island was like not just let's hang out on the beach, but yeah. like here's all this other fucking shit. Let's you can do, do stuff while we're yeah. here. And I don't want to get onto it too much because it might be part of the decline. But like uh, the invention of the car also really hurt uh, trolley. Well, trolley parks became more a thing because they became less trolley, more you can just drive out there. Whereas mm -hmm. urban parks kind of slowly went, just kind of went away. Um, but the big thing the Golden Age brought were two big innovations for amusement parks. The first one were kitty parks. Parks meant for little kids ages 1 to 12. 
that fun? That's so cute. Isn't that fun? The first one well, opened in 1925 in San Antonio, Texas, and guess what? That shit's still open. Oh my god! No way! Know, right? I couldn't find much info on it, but it's still like the the park's open. You can go buy tickets. It's open right now, listeners. If you live in San Antonio, Texas, go. And it's just called Kitty Park. Sure. <laughs> Sure. And then the other short, thing, short one, and simple. Yeah, they uh, really. I think roller coasters were kind of a thing, but in this golden age, they really amped them up a bit more by making them uh, faster, adding drops and rises, and no, no loop to loops quite yet. Um, Not oh, that advanced. Yeah. You need steel to do the loop to loop. But what I have here is that the big fact is near the end of World War One, the American people wanted more excitement from their entertainment. So roller coasters became the thing. They were like, I want to feel alive. Yeah, and yeah, the only yeah. way to feel alive is to be afraid that I'll be murdered yeah. on this. Amusement. But that, <laughs> it's called the golden age because of roller coasters. People started coming there just for that and wanted more entertainment and all that. But I mean, that's truly, that's it. There wasn't too much to the golden age of amusement parks. It's just, they became more popular. People went to them and then uh, the depression hit. <laughs> And turns out, depression's bad for yeah. business. Bad for everybody. Uh, and I guess that's where I take over. Yeah. You always take over at the depression. <laughs> Whenever the depression hits, that's when we... Uh, it's it's only seasonally. <laughs> so the depression hit and uh, amusement parts declined, y'all. Yeah. My, my section's done. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's that's all she wrote. <laughs> no, uh, the, the depression hit World War II. All of that. Um, the affluent urban population started moving out. They weren't going to amusement parks as often. Um, urban decay, crime, desegregation, all of that stuff was kind of just making these look kind of ratty and shitty and sad yeah but uh i i found this article so i kind of more focused on coney island um because it's coney a, island is what most people yeah, yeah it's also it's like a really clear and simple in a single anecdote will kind of capture the whole journey of amusement Absolutely. parks Yes, exactly. Because one of the first major amusement parks, I think, in the United States was Steeplechase. It was. I don't really know much about Coney Island other than, or I didn't know much other than it's, you know, ubiquitous for amusement park, for kind of sideshow, for, it is what it is. It's just become this thing. Yeah. You know, everyone knows Coney Island, even though no one knows. If you're thinking of a boardwalk amusement park. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's Coney Island. Thing baby. Coney Island. It's Coney Island. But it started out in you could say eighteen eighties. Um, and this was when uh the New York elite wanted to take a day trip, they wanted to get out of the city, they would go to the beach, and like Natalie said and, and Rob said, um, it started as just like a beach day. And then someone was like, Well, let's throw shit here um let's start making money off of it and it was just kind of like little stalls and shops and like a single roller coaster and whatnot and then this guy boynton was like well let's and <laughs> let's enclose it and let's make some money off of this um and let's put up hotels and let's put yes. up other things yes 
and Take and steeplechase. Dip it in cornbread. <laughs> oh God, the Iowan in me just shuddered. <laughs> oh, corn dog oh. really takes me back to my pleasure garden. <laughs> Um, a pleasure garden in Iowa is just the Iowa State Fair. Uh, <laughs> everything's fried and buttered. <laughs> so the decline, which was obviously kickstarted by the Great Depression, kind of was built up because Steeplechase was the first, I believe, kind of park within Coney Island. I thought Coney Island itself was just the oh, there was amusement there. park. But it was literally just the island, and there were all of these parks on there. Um, so Steeplechase popped up. Luna Park was kind of a big uh, competitor for them. They made these, like, almost little cities, like going back to the Midway thing. You know, they'd make little, um, like, built-up world's fairs yeah. with all these different buildings and all these different areas to go to. And when Luna Park popped up, they illuminated the whole thing. They had electric lights, which most people didn't have in their homes. So then the it said the entrance of Luna Park had 250,000 light bulbs. Oh, wow. A lot of light bulbs. Especially for the time period, yeah. Exactly. And so Luna Park kind of blew Steeplechase out of the water. And then it was almost just a war of who can make it more grandiose. And then once Luna Park was kind of like hot and heavy, they created Dreamland, which if you think of like Steeplechase as the Magic Kingdom, like just the very central strip of Disneyland, you know, and then Luna Park is going to be, I don't know, universal. And then, and then they came Dreamland, which was like Harry Potter world or whatever. It was, it was all kind of connected, but it was all its own thing. And they were all competing with each other. And amusement at i just just to give us an idea of where we're going from uh steeplechase to dreamland at steeplechase there was a an attraction that was called the blowhole theater which was, allowed spectators to watch as air vents blew up unsuspecting female guests skirts and as the ladies struggled to cover themselves a clown would shock their male counterparts with a cattle prod <laughs> meanwhile down the street at we Dreamland. We gotta bring this back. <laughs> Meanwhile, down the street at Dreamland. Uh, that's just called the internet now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like to call the game Blowhole Theater. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's a group Brown game. bag. <laughs> it's a group game. It's a group game. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Dreamland, I'll play. you could charter a gondola and like go through a recreation of the canals of Venice. Uh, you, there was a, this one would give you, will give you anxiety cast. Oh, oh, I know exactly where you're, can I guess? Yeah. They reenacted a fire. Yep. Yep. I knew it. So, so that's another thing. And I know that I'm supposed to be talking about the decline and I'm going to get there. I swear. Um, back to like, you know, taking, um, ideas from the world's fair. They created little, like, it was a little Epcot of like, you could go to all these different countries and cultures and stuff um and when amusement parks started to get big there was this worry about immorality and you know degradation Whoa, and all of that help with that no Why are you upset with our pleasure garden <laughs> <laughs> the whole theater. Ooh, yes. so they started like 
kind of shoehorning in religious aspects to rides. Um, there was one called uh, what was it? What? Hellgate? No, no. It was literally kind of just a ride where like the vague narrative of the ride was the the, the Genesis story oh. in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they found that recreating things like there was a Noah's Ark recreation kind of ride and people fucking loved it. Oh, and then they realized recreating natural natural disasters and like horrible things really drew people in. So there was a like one that simulated like a hurricane in the 1900s that wiped out a bunch of people. There was one about a bit like a, a fire that was really famous for burning down a building. So that was one of the rides. Oh, wild. How fucked up is that, y'all? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. fucked up. Yep. But people and it killed. Ironically, ironically, to tie back to the decline, a lot, fires destroyed a lot of parts of, yeah. of old amusement parks. Well, so yeah. So, so these guys were just like upping the ante. Luna Park had 250,000 light bulbs on their, their entryway. Dreamland popped up and they did more of the like, we are giving you the Magic Kingdom. We are giving you Fairy Tale. We're giving you all these different places. Dreamland had a portion of it that had one million electric lights. And then so and then it was just back and forth. And all of the rides within these parks were individual entrepreneurs. They're like, hey, I've got this ride. Can oh. I chill in your park? Yeah, so yeah. they would be paying people to make bigger rides, bigger attractions, bigger whatever. They were spending money. These were all funded by private investors and they were just going for broke, but they were making the money back for a while there for about like five, six years. Then, the, you know, the depression hit, they were losing their money. So a lot of these parks burnt down. Luna Park burnt down. And I don't know if it was officially confirmed, but it's almost certain that the owner burned it down for the insurance money to make back all of his losses. Sure. Dreamland burnt down. They never built these back up. The only one that survived was Steeplechase. And this article that I read about, it was a woman from California who moved to New York. And right when she moved there, she's like, oh, I'm going to do Coney Island. You know, it's, it's fucking Coney Island. And she's like, it was so fucking depressing. And like, she said like bleeding steel and just like sad and like oh i just feel icky going here and then a few years later she's like well i want to go again but i want to understand why it's like this so she looked into the history of it and then went back through and so she could actually see like geographically where all of these things were why it got to that point why we're still inter like why do people still go to coney island nowadays it's creepy it's not fun it's not step great. right up step right up get your tetanus shot <laughs> step right up hey kid yeah you, you want a hot dog <laughs> i'll guess your weight if i'm right you get a hot oh dog. gosh mister you never guess my weight you have 50 pounds <laughs> nope i had too bad to getting a hot dog anyway <laughs> you gotta I'm go on one of the roads because my family is eat it slowly <laughs> eat it slow i'm a desperate <laughs> Orphan. Take it out of the bun. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm talking about Coney Island, not Pleasure Island. Oh, Sorry. my bad. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But a lot of the attraction and the draw to Coney Island now is not because it's this like magical wonderland. It's almost it's because of the novelty of it. Kitschy. And it's be- yeah. yeah, it's kitschy. It's like I-, I feel like the perception of circuses and like old timey amusement parks is that kind of like freak show, that kind of eerie, creepy. You know, when we think of a music park amusement parks now we think of like disney world like seven flags stuff that aren't like yeah. seven flags yeah well because six yeah. flags you have i only have six six oh shit. personally <laughs> i have six oh, like flags. 25 huh. <laughs> i'm gonna go to 25 flags each one oh, i'm thinking of seven oaks isn't seven isn't that a place in wisconsin and seven oaks i don't know it's like yeah. well it's like a i don't know anyway sure. it's a museum it's an amusement park but yeah, yeah. Not to, but to, to piggyback over, you're saying like there wasn't much of a boom again in amusement parks until Disneyland opened, mm-hmm. and like slowly more things started to pop up, but never yeah. like as big as it was. Yeah. And I don't think that they had like the character element until Disneyland did that. Like yeah. that was like one of the things that Disneyland yeah. brought. Yeah, was actual narrative. Like the sh- the rides had narratives, like you said. There was yes, there was, like a Noah's Ark ride. There was. Uh, I brought up Hellgate because that book that I mentioned last time I was talking about amusement parks mm. has the one of the murders. It's called Curious City. It takes place at Chicago's Riverview oh, amusement park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, or sorry, it's called Curious Toys. Um, Curious City is the name of a great podcast. That Which is one about is it? Chicago Curious Toys. Oh my god! Uh, and I'm it's so Hellgate now. is like the ride, and it is very like it's a dark ride. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like. It's a scary ride, but really it's just a ride so that like couples can like grope each other and like women can get scared and jump on their boy toy's lap. And they can put their arms around them. Mm-hmm. I'll take this is why we need to bring back creepy Grisa Parks. So people can get <laughs> again. And the so, classic American way. Uh, and Hellgate, there was a Hellgate ride at Coney Island. It was it was one that was like packaged up and basically lots sure. of lots of different amusement parks. It's one of those like it. a tunnel of love where you kinda of mm-hmm. sit yeah, yeah, yeah. A spooky scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Oh. Wolves becoming Hellgates. But yeah, and if you think about the original Disneyland, it was just like it was an amusement park. There weren't like roller coasters per se. Like a lot of the original rides they have, the ones that I love are the ones that are very like Dumbo's, you know. Yeah. Peter Pan's flight, like oh, yeah. no scary drops or anything, but it's the most. It's, I think is on the pirates ride where there's like a little drop. Yeah, at the beginning, <laughs> and then they built around it, and yeah, and then they had Frontierland, and they had Fantasyland, they had all the other shit, and then they started building narrative around this around each world, and they were able to expand, and then they're like, now let's throw some coasters in there. Oh, people love coasters. They love their coasters. Love their coasters. I can't think about the decline of amusement parks without thinking of like the grown over amusement park rides that you see in like pictures from Chernobyl. Oh, sure. Ooh. And then, yeah. or like, that's a dark place you your mind lives in. It's like defunct land. Oh, that's cool. Where yeah. It's more about like rides that don't exist anymore. Yeah. But that's a neat, that's a neat YouTube channel. Yeah, there's some like there's a couple like there's closed theme parks. They, they, it pops up every once in a while, like Reddit or Imgur, where some photographer just goes through and like it hasn't been torn down; it's just overgrown and covered in moss and, yeah. and stuff. They're cool though, but creepy. Yeah, it's the the Scooby Gang is always running around them. Zoinks. <laughs> <laughs>
As they say in the biz, zoinks. Zoinks. Natalie, there comes a time in every episode where I need to talk to you about Iowa. Wait, is this a new segment? No, it's an ad for our sponsor, Raygun, who I love for being a wonderful business and for providing me with a regular excuse to bring up Iowa. As if you needed one. (laughs) Right. Raygun is the greatest store in the universe, hands down. They're headquartered in the greatest state in the universe. Okay, okay. They also have other locations, including one in the best city in the universe, Chicago. True. I guess you could say Raygun brings us together. Raygun kind of brings everyone together. True again. From home goods and paper products to their signature apparel, Raygun is all about good vibes, great laughs, and kind of just not being a shitty person. Yup. And they regularly collaborate with charities and special causes on special runs of products, and 15 to 30% of their net profits go to a variety of nonprofit organizations every year. And they sponsor this really dope history podcast I love. Right? So don't be a shitty person. Check them out at their stores across the Midwest or online at raygunsite.com. Use promo code SHARIALATER to save on your next order. That No, that was a decline. That was my portion. That was my contribution. Hey, you did Amusement great. parks are now dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Cass's fault. My fault. She declined them. Zoinks! Zoinks! Gosh, Scoob. I know, Rob, that you wanted to talk about a few specific parts. Yeah, I want to talk about Cedar Point, America's Rock and Roller Coaster. Oh, not Cedar Rapids. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite amusement park. A mere two-hour drive from my hometown. Just got across the dumb Ohio border, and you are there, baby. (laughs) The dumb Ohio border. Beautiful Sandusky, Ohio. Cedar Point, America's Rock and Roller Coaster. My my parents still owe me, me and some of my friends, a trip to Cedar Point. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm the youngest, and they started a thing with my older sister where they did for one of her, her birthdays and i That's never got to time. go so wow mom and dad you owe me a trip were you a shitty kid is that when i take you no, <laughs> it was at theater camp oh, you fucking <laughs> i went to band camp and i still went to america's rock and roller coast was, i've been to cedar point i just was a child with a lot of commitments and it's probably very <laughs> difficult to plan things around you haven't blinked in a while <laughs> I went on and my, what's changed? I went on my <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Natalie was born and she came out as a fully fledged, like functioning 25 year old <laughs> and only progressed from there. Uh, my partner would say that I am 80 years old. I've been 80 years old since. <laughs> you were born at 25 and you aged at the rate of Robin Williams in chat. Ooh, I was gonna Benjamin Button it, but I like See, but I, I like a, a good I like I love a good Jack reference. <laughs> you also have hairy arms like him too. I have incredibly hairy. <laughs> oh God! I guess he oh me. God! <laughs> Tell us about Cedar Point. Cedar Point. <laughs> In 1870, German immigrant Louis Zettels, I don't know if I'm saying it right, started Cedar Point on the uh, the some river. It used to be a public bathing house. That's why I was asking earlier. But then more and more people start showing up, and similar to what you're saying, they're like, uh, we should add a few more things to this. Uh, you know, some games and some rides for the kids. Um, the very first roller coaster opened at Cedar Point in 1892. It was named the Switchback Railway, and it stood, get this, 25 feet tall. <gasps> Ooh, wild. What do you think the max speed was? Five. Ten. 
Ten is correct. Yes. <laughs> Suck it, Natalie. <laughs> I was playing prices, right? Rules. I was over. <laughs> uh, a speedy ten miles an hour. Uh, it is also home of one of the last Daniel Muller carousels. This is a big fucking deal because it, uh, what it that means is Daniel Muller carved a lot of the horses that are still used on the carousel. I think there's only like. 20 odd of them left and one of them is at cedar point and they're all cars. do they go up and down some of them do yes the galloping ones are frederick savage's work so we're just pulling these things together look at that we're putting it together i've been on that frederick case. savage was great in the wonder years the best and his brother ben was pretty good in boy meets world <laughs> uh cedar point <laughs> home to 16 roller coasters there is the oldest operating coaster, the Blue Streak, built in 1964. One of the few remaining wooden roller coasters. I've been on that bad boy. There's a corkscrew. I've been on that bad boy. Gatekeeper, that's new. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I was going to say, what bad boy have you been that's, on, Rob? There's a, few, there's a few new ones. And I, to be fair, I haven't been to the park since 2002. <laughs> <laughs> that's around the time my parents owed me a trip there to the park. There you go. There's the Gemini, the classic park, or the classic uh, wooden roller coaster where you race against the other cars. Oh, yes, yes. Super, and there's a part where if you put your hands up, you're like, I might lose a finger, but you do it's it anyway. That's the best part about wooden roller coasters. Yeah, the Iron Dragon, been on it. The Magnum XL20, which sounds like a condom, but it's a <laughs> roller coaster, been on it. The Maverick, I don't know that one. Millennium Force, the tallest roller coaster in the world, Is baby. It still? Yeah, I checked it today. Okay. It stands at, I think I wrote it down. I didn't put how much, how big it is, but it's the tallest roller coaster in the world. Been on. The Raptor, which is cool because your feet dangle. I know that one. Been on that one. Uh, there is the, what's now called, ooh, the, sounds like a pasta disc, the Regaroo. <laughs> the Regaroo, which was formerly called the Mantis. And the big deal with that one is you used to stand up. It had like a bike seat and you stood up and did ooh. all the loop-de-loops. Which is the ride at Six Flags that's like that? I don't know, Superman? No, Superman, you dangle. Batman? Maybe Batman. Hulk? Um, Hang on, I'm not done. I, I love have, that this has just one turned one. into Rob's What Ride Have You Been On? Deal with Game it. Take a drink for every ride. He's Steel Vengeance, which sounds like a malt liquor. Have not been on it. <laughs> Top Girl Dragster, I think I've been on that. The Val Ram, haven't been on that. And then there's two kitty coasters, the Wilderness Run and the Woodstock Express. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Grabowski. Yeah. You're going to Cedar Point. Hell yeah, bro. What is a first roller coaster? What's your warm-up coaster? <sighs> Probably the Rapture because it's right by the front. All right. All right. You're right there. No other reason other than location? Yeah. No, I mean, if you're going to do proximity points, like you just kind of go down the roll. So you start at Rapture and just kind of circle where you back up. All you right. try to do Millennium Force the last because it's the biggest. Millennium Force is 310 feet yeah. tall. The drop is 300 feet. Yeah. So it's like... There's a, the whole drop is like the thing. You feel it. Damn. Uh, yeah. for, our, for our fans abroad, that's 94 meters. Thank you, Natalie. Because <laughs> our fans abroad have never heard oh, yeah, of you a got foot. A few. Yeah. They've never heard of a foot. Don't know what it is. They've heard of a foot. You know what? They've heard of a foot. They got two of them, hopefully. Natalie, we have <laughs> never gotten a complaint from someone abroad that we haven't converted. Because we always... And you know why? Because we always convert. <laughs> That is the only reason our friends abroad have not come at us. I'm sure. I try to balance it out on under the kilt and convert the other way for us. <laughs> for, from Adam. The metric system is the devil's work. How many amusement parks do you think are in Illinois? Like right Ooh. now, today? Seven. 
Seven? Okay. Yeah. Play Prices Right rules? Yeah, we'll play Prices Right rule. You can't say a dollar, though. What's closest? Are we counting <laughs> water parks? Yes. Ten. Does that change your answer? Does that change your answer? No. <laughs> Seventeen. Prices Right rules. I was close because I had the word seven in it. Seven. Uh, Those are that's prices right rules, right? I wrote them all. I have them all here. I don't want to. It's boring if I name them all off. All right, but, all right. Six, but six, I have six. one final game if you want to play. Oh, I would love always. What three states do you think has the most amusement parks, including water parks, running right now? Like not defunct ones, like not defunct ones, running. like Ooh. actual running amusement parks. Missouri. Okay. Are you telling us if we got them right? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. I'm, I'm just thinking Branson. You want to work together? I'm gonna, I want to say Texas. Yeah, I want to work together. Eight. Okay, so we're working together. Okay, so take okay. your time. Missouri, Texas. Texas. Yeah. Okay. Florida? Or do, or is that like a, like a, we're just thinking because it's got Disney World and stuff. It depends on if he's counting each of the parks of Disney World as separate amusement parks, which he should. I'll never tell. I'll let Florida be in there. So you're doing Missouri, Texas, and Florida? Final answer? Yeah. You got one of them. Missouri. Texas? It's Texas. Damn it! This is the so second. Big. Texas is the second. It has 31 parks. The uh, So number three is New York. New York State I was gonna say New has York, but I 28 thought, parks. I thought a lot of them would be closed. Texas wow. second was 31, and California has 44 parks. See, I almost said California, and I was like, no, no. Florida was like fourth or fifth, but it didn't have enough for me to count, where I was like, I only want to do the top three. Are we counting roller coasters that are just like some guy, Ted, put a coaster in no, a crocodile I, I was looking at it. It was like le fairly legit parks. Oh, no, I'm talking yeah. about in Florida. If, oh, if you counted sure. Ted's. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot in that Crocodile case. coaster. Ted, Ted's Park. <laughs> This trailer park with a crocodile and uh, a little cart that'll push you in. Old Ted's Crack Park. <laughs> Away from the crocodile. So uh, crocodiles and alligators, uh, uh, I like them. They're cool. I was watching some clip today where it's uh, Steve Irwin's kid. Remember Steve Irwin? R. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I never forget. I think about him every day. Yeah, rest in power. His kid is now like trying to be him at this croc partner in Australia. There's a clip today. He was like, we're going to get this crocodile into a new settlement. We've got to make sure he's okay first. This thing lunged at this kid <laughs> so quickly. But it's like, I guess he has like some show on Animal Planet where like, all right, we're going to test him out. And he has this big hunk of meat with him. Uh, the gator's name was Casper. This thing lunges out of the water, like looks right at him. He throws the meat. Casper knocks the meat away and just charges at uh, the kid. Enough where like everyone's just like bail, 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 bail. <laughs> it's it's cool. Casper, that, a friendly ghost, a hungry crocodile. Well, because it's like a white alligator. It's really yeah, creepy. That's pretty. But that kid also is like followed in Steve's footsteps since he like before he could walk. So yeah. I mean, I didn't hear about that or see her, but I'm sure he's just like. Just a normal die. Oh, no, it wasn't like I don't think he was in trouble or anything. It was just it was yeah. cool. It was just cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had. But like it's a, weird that he's like what? How old is he? I would guess twenty. And that's just like maybe yeah. nothing for him. That's easy. No, he knows about that's it. wild. Well, what was made it cool is they had like the the handheld camera shot, but they also had a drone shot, so you saw Ooh. how quickly this thing can move and how fucking big it is. Yeah, it was cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Are you bored with my crocodile story? Pretty cool. No, I just really had to prepare. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had a tired look in your eyes like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be boring. 
Yeah, Rob, if you could just wrap it up. We're what? Um... I got to wrap up? <laughs> Damn. Damn, babies. Uh, I'm getting the light. I'm getting the light. Um, I... I wish that I could have been, I'm, I'm not going to talk, we're not going to talk about it right now. Y'all, uh, check in to the Patreon that I already mentioned because. Yeah. what you say was on the woogly doogly? It's in the doobly 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 doo. Uh, go to patreon.com slash broadcast broadsheet radio. Uh, because I, there'll be a little. Patreon demands it. That way it demands it. <laughs> little blurb there i'll talk more about the riverview uh amusement park in chicago are you familiar with the riverview amusement park no uh are you familiar with the marianos at <laughs> western and roscoe probably <laughs> listeners are you familiar with the yeah. marianos at western and yeah. roscoe that's where the riverview amusement park was oh that's cool yeah it was huge and it was like the largest uh, amusement park in the united states for oh wow for many years, or at least that's how it advertised itself, which <laughs> be the PR team you want in the yeah. world, everyone. <laughs> I went to the Six Flags near here for the first time only like two, three years ago, like right the summer before the world shut down. And I hadn't been to a amusement park in a long, long time. We get on the first, I went with my two buddies, Jeff and AJ. I get on the first ride and holy shit, did it fuck me up. <laughs> that's, I went. Because my body was like, hey, you haven't done this in a while. You are 38. <laughs> what you doing there, big boy? I went I went back to Six Flags for the first time in forever, uh, like four or five years ago. Yeah. And that's why I asked what your warm-up ride is, because there was always a, oh, sure. I think it's the Condor that's like right by the entrance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's very, it's it's steel, but there's no flip-de-doos. And it doesn't go crazy fast, but it is an old steel roller coaster, so it does shake the fuck out of you. Yeah. And so it's kind of a good warm up for just like bruising your hip bones and getting that part of. <laughs> well, the problem is I couldn't go on as many. First off, it like it stormed that day. We only got to do like two or three rides. Uh, but my problem I learned I'm like, oh, I'm uh, a fat boy, so things don't always fit. And I'm also just tall now, so there's a few that I was able to get on, but I was like, my if this thing fucks up, I'm gonna lose a knee. I'm just gonna be just my legs gonna go. Nothing can be done. You didn't need that knee. No, no. Cass Cass has functioned without knees yeah, in the past. Doing... Let me tell you, knees are so overrated. Overrated. Like we yeah. don't need the free the knee. Yeah. Get rid of those ACLs. But I, when I went when I went back to Six Flags as a grown ass adult, yeah. I had the realization that I get motion sickness now, and oh, I sure. know that about myself. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that I wouldn't on a roller coaster. Yeah. Isn't it humbling how, you know, when you get older and you're like, well, I don't take, you know, I don't take as many risks or I'm, I'm a little more cautious Yeah. and that's, you know, at 32 at my age, that's not like, oh, I'm not going to not go skydiving. It's I'm not going to go on the teacups. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to protect myself. I've never taken. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, I have a final amusement park your personal amusement park history question for the two of you. Okay. Are you screamers? You scream on your rides? I feel like that's a personal question. You scream when you go to the pleasure garden? <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> so, ever the people's names. Do you whoop? Do you scream? I, do you giggle? I'm a giggler. I'm a giggler. <laughs> I, was gonna, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh my God. The last time I went on a roller coaster, it just, it had just been so long that I was just like, oh, whoo. <laughs> Oh, like laughing my ass off and like every time you jerk in a different direction i'm like 
this is so ridiculous. Also, I can't scream. Like, my voice is so raspy. So I, I if I want to scream, it's just a yell. It's just, oh. So I just giggle. <laughs> it's just so silly. Oh, uh, I'm so having silly. fun. Uh. A look in <laughs> an intimate look at Cass's personal life. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I am also a giggler. I asked that question because I hoped sure. that one of you guys was like, Oh my God. I, I feel seen. I, I, I really do. I scare really easily. Like in general, I can't handle like jump scares and whatnot. Sure. But like the type of scare that is like a roller coaster or, or I don't know, like if I kind of know that this, that the scare is coming, I think I'm a giggler because whenever we're whenever we're doing drills at the boxing gym and so and we're doing something where somebody's like basically going to like charge me or yeah. act like like kind of juke juke on me uh i, I don't always think you can say that word i always giggle <laughs> whenever they kind of like fake at me sure. i just like i always start giggling and i it works though because it really throws off my partners <laughs> Like, why the fuck are you giggling? I don't know. So everyone uh, who's learning self-defense, just remember the giggle tactic. Mm -hmm. They're in Try to intrude. Just, just point at their I... dick and laugh. And they'll <laughs> leave you. Uh, I don't know if I giggle. I don't think I... I think I'm more of like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> I, I can imagine that. I can imagine Rob just vocal, just verbalizing. Here we go. <laughs> That's a big one. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a fun ride. Are we done? <laughs> Are we? I don't know. This has been a wild and fun ride. This season has been a wild it's and fun ride. It's just flown by, this episode and this season. Yeah. Wow. It's our season five. God damn. Episode 80. So you've been doing it for five years? Nope. I always have to ask Natalie that because I honestly get confused and sure. don't know. After season one, I think we fit in like two seasons every year, basically. Yeah. not bad. So you take a little break. Uh, breaky poo but thank you thank you for joining us in this pleasure garden rob grabowski man i'm happy to be here uh you're I'm, happy to have you oh, on your you, way ladies. out check out the hermit he'll tell you your fortune <laughs> yeah 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 and listeners we're so glad that that you could come with us on this wild wild ride remember to stay off the teacups and uh cloth plug is, stuff uh, or no is a gateway drug i was getting there i don't know we have bits to do i'm Rob. sorry uh, i definitely your, to episodes keep your arms and legs inside of the carriage at all time <laughs> rob <laughs> would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can listen to you and anything else you'd like to share no i'm good that's what I thought. <laughs> no, you finished. can hear me on a podcast. <laughs> uh, I do popping bottles where myself and my co-host Jess will go be sit down with a lovely guest, much like one of these two ladies. We're talking about their favorite drink, and we're trying something new this year, bringing back old guests and just kind of winging it. And then um, if you're in the Chicago area and want to hear two people talk about improv for whatever reason, uh, I do a show called Talking Shop. We're bringing it to an end, baby. Uh, land in that plane. Land in that plane. There are 11 episodes left. We are doing our damnedest to try to get some big old names, see what we can do. We've got some fun ones coming up, but we're trying to figure it out. And then if you're comfortable going out to shows, uh, Saturdays, 730 down at uh, Second City, you can come see Cluden and Improvised Murder Mystery in the style of Agatha Christie. Or uh, if you want to see some short form stuff, come to the Den, uh, Comedy Sports. Woo-hoo! 
That's follow me on social media, Rob Grabo, R O B G R A B O. That's that's all you need to know. Yeah, bros. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Cass, Natalie, ready to sign off one last time. What forever? No, no. Jesus. Until, until the next yeah, time, I just put recording dates yeah. on your calendar for you. Yeah, until you tell me to show up again. Uh, season five, it's been awesome. Natalie, Sully. Bring us home. Land us in here. Well, until next time. Whatever. Share you later. Put a toast in it. <laughs> Broadsheet Radio.